The Russian invasion of Ukraine has gone into its fourth week. We can barely imagine the scale of something as vicious and as prolonged as this war. A superpower with one of the world's greatest militaries and most abundant natural resources wreaking havoc upon a much smaller country like Ukraine. The problem is that the Russians were expected to steamroll over the Ukrainian army in a matter of days. Actually, two to three days into the invasion, the plan seemed to work with the Russian army conquering considerable areas of lands and making inroads into the Ukrainian capital, Kyiv, reaching its suburb by the second day's evening. But then the Russians were surprised to find that the Ukrainians put their armed forces in what seemed to be the right places, defending the major cities, not lining them at the borders. The Russians sent huge support lines, 20 kilometers long of supplies, pouring in from Belarus all the way to the outskirts of Kyiv. For weeks in, they still aren't capable of breaking through the Ukrainian lines. The shoulder-held American javelins and the light British-produced and laws have proved to be useful for the Ukrainians. They have been exceptionally capable in decimating the Russian tanks and armored vehicles. They even made for captivating spectacles. And the Ukrainian soldiers made sure to capture their feats in videos that soon turned viral on TikTok and other social media platforms. The Russian air forces are having considerably better fortunes in bombarding and destroying Ukrainian military installments and bases. In addition, of course, to their continued bombardment of cities. However, the Russian raids are still short of breaking the Ukrainian defenses and morale. Even so, the Ukrainian civilians' horrible loss of life is mounting. Not to mention starvation in besieged places like Mariupol. Things that Putin tried from the very start to avoid at all costs. Putin wanted to present himself as the modern humane conqueror, with his army inflicting the least amount of damages upon the cities and the civil population. He also wanted to minimize, as much as possible, the expected Ukrainian animosity towards his troops. Increased destruction and casualties mean increased bitterness. And even if Russia eventually vanquishes Ukraine, subjugation of the local population would come at a huge cost. Angry Ukrainians wishing to avenge their relatives, their fathers, their brothers, sons and daughters could engage in a protracted resistance that could drain the Russian military, personnel and resources. And even if Putin does not want to rule the country directly, leaving it in the custody of some subservient Ukrainian faction, that faction will find it very difficult recruiting Ukrainians willing to police or marshal their angry compatriots. And so in this regard, the Russian campaign has failed to turn out as Putin would have liked or expected. But still, while the West is wondering when or how Russia will end its military campaign, it's quite evident that Putin cannot withdraw or end this military adventure without some significant gains for Russia. It's not only to save face, but also because there is a huge loss of lives among the Russian troops. Thousands. Some even point to tens of thousands. And that's a huge loss if we consider that Russia began the invasion with an army of about 
190,000 troops. Putin presented his small army to Russia and the world as a professional army, capable of conquering the entirety of Ukraine like the Americans did with their invasion of Iraq in 2003. Although the Iraqis had a reputation of having a professional powerful army in the early 90s, it wasn't like that anymore in the early 2000s. Iraq's development was severely hampered by international sanctions, not to mention that a huge portion of the Iraqis were antagonistic to Saddam Hussein. So the conditions are different. Not to mention that the professionality of the Russian troops are far lower than that of the American troops, who are relatively much better trained. The American military has also consistently enjoyed a very generous stipend since World War II. No army in the world has ever been bankrolled like the American army. Not just in armaments and technology, but also in salaries and services to the soldiers in duty and to veterans after they retire from service. Not to mention the respect that the veterans come to expect and receive in the United States when they return home at the end of their service. So Putin miscalculated from the very beginning. Or let's say he believed too much in the myth that he himself created. One which his subordinates were willing to appease. Actually, they couldn't but do so. All those who weren't willing were destined to be replaced, if not punished outright. It was their duty to fulfill Putin's vision. Even if they didn't believe in it and couldn't possibly help him fulfill it, they always made sure he believed that they had done so. They presented him with the image he wanted to see, that his army and intelligence service were capable of pulling his plans as he intended them to be. So, oblivious of the facts on the ground and of his army's true capabilities, Putin dragged Russia's military and economy into this quagmire. Now faced with the harsh realities, he is now seeking help. And there is no great power in the whole world that is on friendly relations with him except for the mighty rich China. And indeed, before the start of the Winter Olympic Games, Putin visited China, and in a joint press conference with Xi Jinping, the Chinese president, they affirmed their friendship and alliance in the face of what they called Western expansionism and violation of other countries' sovereign spaces and rights. So now the world is looking at China, waiting to see whether it will consummate its commitment to Russia, and to how far that commitment will be. The Americans now on both sides of the aisle, the Democrats and the Republicans, are more hawkish than ever before and are united in their push against both Russia and China. Even the American President Joe Biden, before and during a two-hour conference with the Chinese President, warned him not to help the Russians in their war efforts against Ukraine in any way, and even threatened a strong American response, in a language that is barely diplomatic. But China, after a decade of resurgent nationalism and pride in antagonizing and standing up to the West may not respond favorably to Biden's warnings and threats. That's it for today. Thank you for listening and catch you on the next one. Goodbye.